Welcome to the Brand Design Masters podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build the skills you need to design bulletproof brands for yourself, your business, and for the clients and customers you serve. And now, here's Philip. As a creative entrepreneur, I know from personal experience it can feel isolating to go it alone. So I want you to take a second and imagine being surrounded by other accomplished creatives who are just as eager to accelerate the growth of their businesses and personal brands as you are. And if you've been following me for any length of time, you know I'm a huge advocate of mastermind groups and what they can do for you, both personally and professionally. And because of that, I wanted to let you know I've launched a mastermind membership community called Bonfire for Creative Professionals. Bonfire is a hybrid group coaching, training, networking, and accountability community. It's a place for you to make meaningful industry connections and build knowledge so you can really achieve your full potential. The best part about it is that you aren't alone anymore. When you join literally overnight, you're part of a group of people who would do everything they can to help you succeed and build a level of confidence in what you're doing that you've never felt before. In Bonfire, you get bi-weekly video coaching sessions, a private online community, a deep resource library of downloads, templates, tools, and tutorials, and you also get exclusive access to me as a mentor and a coach. So I want you to come check out Bonfire. Just go to philipvandusen.com bonfire and learn more about it. Again, that's philipvandusen.com bonfire, B-O-N-F-I-R-E. I hope to see you beside the bonfire very soon. The following podcast comes from one of my YouTube live streams. If you've ever attended one of my lives on YouTube, you know I share a ton of super valuable stuff there. So recently, I've started republishing the audio from them here on the podcast to make it even more convenient for you to listen and to benefit from them. Now, that said, sometimes I make reference to slides I'm showing on the screen, or I refer to chat comments or questions, but that just comes with the territory. And now, with that out of the way, let's jump into the episode. Hey, everybody. I am going to talk to you today about website copy. As you know, I'm trying to go live three-ish times a week over the next 30 days, just trying to rejuice my YouTube channel. I've been out of the YouTube milieu for about four or five months as I've launched my first course, Brand Strategy 101. So I'm now back on my weekly schedule of publishing a video a week. I'm also back on my uh, newsletter. That schedule's more like every three weeks now, but I'm excited to be back. And so in order to kind of jumpstart my channel, I decided to go live. I made a commitment to go live like three times a week over the next 30 days because I really just wanted to kind of see, number one, if that kind of improved my engagement. And if any of you are watching and have not subscribed, please hit that subscription button below. I would love it if you were subscribed to my channel. That way you can get alerted when I do go live or when I post something new. So today I'm going to talk about customer journeys and website copy. And really the key part of what I want to talk about is that a lot of people don't have website copy that performs. It doesn't get them leads. It doesn't get them customers. They may be getting traffic. They may be getting action, some page clicks, but when it comes right down to it, they're not getting the kind of response or action taken that they want to have taken on their website. So some of you in the audience here may be creative professionals. You may design websites for other people. You may obviously have a website of your own, 
But if you feel like you got a great handle on your website copy, then that's great. If you feel like you have customers or clients who may need help in this regard, the content today is really going to help you because if you kind of take notes and really capture some of the major themes of what I'm talking about, it makes for great discussion points with your clients. And it also makes for a great kind of evaluation structure for when you look at their website and when you try to evaluate whether their website needs to work or whether it's kind of meeting the criteria of what I'm going to be talking about today. And with that said, I do want to make one little plug, and that is if you are looking to learn Adobe applications, Photoshop, Premiere Pro, Illustrator, you may feel you're a little rusty. If you feel like there may be new tools out there that you don't know exactly how to use or use to the best of their ability, check out Daniel Scott. Daniel Scott is a certified Adobe instructor. He speaks at the Adobe Max conference, so he's totally legit. He's got a subscription-based Adobe training website called Bring Your Own Laptop. Absolutely top flight. He is also a super nice, super fun guy. I've had him on my podcast. I've had him on my YouTube channel. I've been on his podcast. He's a really exceptional teacher and has a great vibe to him. So if you're looking to learn Adobe applications, check out Daniel Scott at byol.me. And if you use forward slash Philip, that's an affiliate link. And I will get just a little commission for that. You don't pay any more. If you value the value I bring you here, please use my affiliate link. I'd really, really appreciate it. Okay, so let's talk about website cupping. First of all, we are going to talk about a thing called a customer journey. What a customer journey is, is that you are architecting the path of movement and action of the people who are coming to the website. You are taking an active role in moving them through a process of action, thought, into taking physical action that you want them to take on your website, where you want them to go, what you want them to do. The biggest mistake that a lot of people make when it comes to website copy, particularly creative professionals, and I'm pointing at you, is making it all about you. And it's not about you. It's about your customer. A lot of people right out of the gate start with the bio section or start with the letter I. I am a talented graphic designer. I am a great photographer. I am passionate about blah, blah, blah. I am driven to be the most amazing graphic designer in the world. Whatever that is, it starts off about you. And it's not about you. Who it's about is the customer, the visitor, the person who is showing up at your website. You want to hit them immediately with something that they identify with. There is a place and a time for talking about you, for talking about what it is you do how great you are, what you know, who your clients have been. And I'm going to get to that in terms of where that falls in this copy journey. But what you want to focus on out of the gate is what they need. Focus on the customer, not on you. What they need, what they want, what they're looking for. You want to develop customer-centric communication. Next up, you really want to focus on their needs. And I'm going to talk through, I think, 10 different aspects of the customer journey in just a moment. An overarching theme of customer journey communication on a website is you want to focus on their needs. You want to focus on their problem, what it is that they want solved. That's what you come right out of the gate with. That's what you make sure that you hit with a heavy hammer right above the fold before they ever even have to scroll. You want to get into what their needs are. 
And in order to articulate what their needs are, you have to know who they are. You have to know who are the people who are coming to this website. Now, if it's not your website and you're not looking for clients for your agency, it's your client's website. Why are people coming to your client's website? Who are they? You have to know about them. You have to know what that customer avatar, that customer profile is. What are they coming to the site for? What are they struggling with? What is the solution that they're looking for? You have to really dig in and think about that. You have to understand and see in your mind's eye who that customer profile is and understand the problem, understand the why they are coming to this site. And then you want to ask yourself some questions. After you understand why they're coming, what is it that you want them to do? What pages do you want them to visit? In what order do you want them to visit those pages? What do you want them to do on each of the pages? Is this a website that's a B2B, so business to business? Is it business to consumer? Those sorts of avatars, those sorts of customer profiles are very different. What is their motivation? What are their goals for why they're coming to the site? What are they feeling? What emotionally are they feeling when they're searching for something by coming to your website? What are they thinking right now? What are their pain points? What are their expectations? What are they seeking? What are they looking for? So the first thing that you want to do right out of the gate, above the fold, is you want to state their problem. You want to articulate what it is their problem is. And because if they can identify immediately with hearing back from you what their problem is, they are going to immediately be magnetically attracted to the site and want to stay. So understanding the customer profile and understanding their problem gives you the ammunition to be able to state the problem back to them. A lot of what website communication is, effective website communication, is mirroring. So in psychotherapy, when a psychiatrist is talking to a client, they mirror that client's behavior. In sales, salesmen mirror behavior of their prospect. And that is what you are doing in the website to an extent. You are mirroring what the customer is looking for and their attitude and their emotion and their need state what we say in the business, the need state. And so you want to state their problem back to them. Are you having trouble with your leads? Are you struggling with the design of your website? Are you looking for more customers? Whatever it is that your avatar wants, that's what you want to state back to them. And many times a question, stating it back in terms of a question, is very helpful. Number two is you want to show them that you identify with them. You want to make sure that they know that you feel their pain, that you know what it feels like to have that problem. You know what the ramifications of having that problem are. And you might want to state an example or two in a sentence or a phrase about what it feels like or what they're going through when they're having that problem. You want to show them that you identify with how they're feeling, which starts to draw them in to you and starts to make them begin to understand that you understand them. They start to feel understood. So you have to state and identify that you understand their problem. State the problem, show them you identify with that problem, that you really feel what they're feeling. Number three is you want to describe the solution. The solution to your problem is blah, blah, blah. The solution to this issue, to get you to where you need to be, what you need to have is this, whatever that is, whether that's you know great photography, a great website, incredible branding, marketing help, social media, following, 
And if it's a, a client's website, it could be whatever industry they're in. Maybe it's, you know, I'm looking for a great coffee maker. I'm looking for a fantastic restaurant to take my wife to on our anniversary. Whatever that thing is, you want to describe what the solution is. So in the case of taking your wife on an anniversary dinner, it could be, what if you had a corner table in a darkly lit restaurant with a single candle and a waiter who was satisfying your every whim and a menu that was going to make your mouth water and show your wife that she is the most special woman in the world to you? And so you want to describe what the solution feels like. The next thing you want to do is you want to introduce your services. That's the next thing. Here's the solution. This is what the solution looks like. And oh, by the way, this is the kind of thing that we offer. And that's when you go through what your solutions are. The next thing is you state how your services, how your solution solves their problem. So we offer, in the case of a restaurant, we offer intimate dining with French cuisine in a quiet, romantic atmosphere. In the case of a website, it might be, we build highly functioning, fast, beautifully designed, converting e-commerce websites. How does the service that you just described solve their particular problem, that particular pain point of theirs? And then number six is, how is your service different from other people's? So you describe what the solution is, how your service solves that. And then this is where your differentiation comes in. This is where you have to describe what makes you unique, what makes you uniquely qualified to solve their problem. This can be how you differentiate from your competitors. If you're an agency, maybe you're a, an e-commerce agency and you have a team of uh, specialist e-commerce developers in India. And all of your competitors in your space use domestic people. And you are different because you're cheaper. Or you are different because you specialize in some sort of WordPress theme that is very unique. I don't know, whatever that is. But this is the place where you talk about your differentiation from who you see your competitive set is. Are you cheaper? Are you more product? Are you faster? Are whatever that differentiation is, are you local? Do you have a huge team? Do you have a tiny team? What is that thing? And the next thing is you go into why you're better, why you're different, and then why you're better. Why is what you deliver better from your competition, better from those people who you're different from? And then you describe what the benefit of them using you is for them. So again, you're turning it back around. You spent a little bit of time talking about the solution and what you offer why you're better, why you're different, and then you turn it back to them and you say, what is the benefit? What are they going to get? What are they going to feel? What are they going to walk away with when they engage with you? You want to paint a really clear picture of the after state, of the end game, of them being satisfied. And then, this is an important one, is you want to address the barriers to purchase. The barriers to purchase are, what are the things that they're going to go, ah, well, now I'm going to click off the site, or no, they're not for me, or, you know, I have this reservation. By understanding who your customer profile is and what their reservation is, you can state back to them what they might be thinking if they're thinking that they're not going to use you. If they have a barrier to purchase that you look, your design, your website is so amazing and your portfolio is so amazing that they can never afford you. 
you might be able to say, we may look like a premium service and completely unaffordable, but I tell you that we are. We work inside of, you know, whatever that description is, where you can describe and break down whatever those barriers to purchase that they have are. Whether you can work very quickly, whether you can work around their calendar, whether you're local, whether you have a broad range of services beyond what your competitors have. You want to address whatever you see those barriers as being. And then finally, you want to tell them, and this is a really, really important one, you want to tell them what to do and where to go. This is one of the ones that drives me crazy, is that so many clients and so many creative professionals too, they don't make it really clear what they want people to do on their website. They just put a bunch of stuff out there and then just expect visitors to find their way. You want to be really clear about where the button is. Click this to find out more. Click this to contact us. Click this to see our portfolio. Drive every single bit of communication to that one action. I would recommend that you take point of view of one action on a homepage because here's the factoid. About 80% of web traffic never gets past one page. So number one, you have to have your homepage has got to work really hard for you in terms of customer journey communication. That's why I laid out these very specific steps for you today about how that thought process has got to evolve on this single page. And because not everybody gets past that homepage, that customer journey being very fast, not a lot of copy, but hitting every one of those points is really, really critical. But The most important part on the tail end of that is you have to tell them what you want them to do. Click here to set up a free assessment appointment. Click here for a demo. Click here to contact us. Click here to set an appointment for a discovery call. You have to be really, really clear about what it is that you want them to do. Maybe you want them to go and look at all of your case studies on your portfolio. Maybe you want them to check out all of your thought leadership on your blog. Whatever it is, just be super, super clear about what it is you want them to do. And all of your copy should hint at that. So as you get to the bottom of the page or the bottom of the communication and the journey, they are being primed for doing that thing. Now, here's the big question. People ask me, where do I start? How do I know that this is the right customer journey? How do I know that I'm building the right thing? I'm not even sure about my customer profile. I'm not even sure about what I should have them be doing. And so what I have to tell people is that it's just like marketing. Marketing is not an absolutely exact science. What you do in marketing is you start with a hypothesis that this is what we think, this is what our perceptions are, this is what we think is true, and you develop some marketing around that, and you test it, and then you see if it gets traction. And if it doesn't, Then you try a different platform, you try a different approach, you try different kinds of copy. And it's the same thing with a customer journey. You have to start with a hypothesis and iterate. You have to make an assumption about the customer profile. With your best knowledge, make an assumption about what the solution to that problem is and put it out there, put a stake in the ground. But here's the important thing after doing that is that you want to make sure that you're getting feedback. You're looking at your Google Analytics. You want to look at the Google Analytics of what pages they are landing on initially in your site and where they are traveling to 
in subsequent pages, because that's going to tell you how long they are actually reading that homepage, how long they're spending there. And then if they are taking that action and clicking that button and going to that particular page, whatever that page is, the next page could be the calendar, could be a contact page, whatever that is, that's going to be clear. So if it's not, and they're not doing that thing, you know, you have to go back in and you have to tweak and you have to iterate and you have to kind of massage your message a little bit. So there's a couple different ways to iterate. One is that you get customer feedback. So if you do get any leads, any contacts in the first discovery call, talk to them and say, Hey, how did you come to us? Did you go to our website? Yeah, we did. What did you think? Was it very clear to you in terms of what we offered and what we wanted, where you should go? Yeah, it was. You know, I jumped right to the calendar, made this appointment. Or no, I was a little confused because I went to your portfolio page and then I jumped to your contact page and I wasn't really sure how to make an appointment. So get feedback from the visitors who actually do end up contacting you so you can get feedback on how the page is performing and what people are thinking about when they're doing it. You can also use things like heat maps and things that are available on the web to show where people are scrolling on the page and how long they're spending on particular parts of those pages. Those can be really helpful. And so qualitative feedback from customers, you can also get that from trusted network connections if you aren't getting it from customers. And then quantifiable feedback from Google Analytics, the number of clicks, number of clicks per visitor or, you know, how number of visitors it takes to get a click. And you want to design your website copy with intent. You have to be really clear, really direct, and very concise. Now, this is an important one. People don't read websites very much. People don't spend a lot of time on homepages. They don't read like they used to, not big lines of copy. So keep things very, very short and concise. It only takes a sentence or two to do each one of these 10 things that I told you in this live. You want to be clear about where you want them to click, what you want them to read, that you want them to contact you, or that you want them to watch something, or you want them to buy something, or you want them to download something. Whatever it is that you want them to do, just be super, super clear about it, and then tell them to do that thing. So remember, be customer-centric. It's not about you. It is about them. It's not about you. It's about them. You start about them and you end about them. And in the middle, you describe what the solution is, what you offer, and why you're better and why you're different. That is a customer journey. And so I would like to know from you guys, feedback, what you thought of that. Did you learn anything that you maybe hadn't heard before? Or was there an aspect of that that kind of was resonating with you in terms of either a client you've had that they're falling down on or not doing very well or something on your website that you're like, hmm, I wonder if I'm doing that on my website. I'd love to know that. I'd really like to know. So Colette asks, is it better to have the main page have all this info in a single scroll format or with links to separate pages? I know the more you have them click, the more people you will lose. Yes, it should really be on all one page. And you can do those 10 points literally in about 15 sentences, if in the absolute minimum. And you can break them out. You know, you can intersperse images and buttons and things like that, or whatever it is that's going to make it visually pleasing. But you should probably have that customer journey all on one page. 
because, as I said, you're going to lose 80% of the people as soon as they click onto another page. The attention span of people on the net now is minuscule, tiny, 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 absolutely no attention. You know how you act on websites, right? Click, scroll, 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 scroll. You don't read, look at the pictures, boom. Maybe you're on to the next page and then a notification comes in and then you see an email pop in and then your notifications ding that you have a meeting that you have to do. We're all pulled in a million different directions. And so you have to be super, super clear and take them through this customer journey, this thought process very quickly on a single page. And if you have them, move them to different pages to speak about different parts of this. Just know that you're going to lose more than half of them every time they have to click onto a new page. Peter asks, what's your opinion of sliders for showing sample work? That's really funny that you bring that up, Peter, because I was meeting with my marketing assistant today and we we're re-looking at kind of my website and breathing some life into the homepage, which hasn't evolved in a, in a year or so. My team was proposing a slider to me. So I have a section on my site that shows like three thumbnails of recent projects that I've worked on. And clicking on those thumbnails takes you to the case study page where you have all the thumbnails and you can look at all the case study work that I have on my site. But they were suggesting that I have a slider that, you know, the center image kind of magnifies and you can scoot through a number of the case study thumbnails. And so I'm actually considering it. I think that there was a period of time when everybody had a slideshow and they were slow in loading and they were painful and they were kind of cliche. But there's some interesting looking plugins for WordPress now that make some really kind of interesting and fun looking slideshows. So I'm not a huge fan of them, particularly for showing work in terms of showing portfolios. Like if you have a portfolio with one or two pieces of each client, and then you have a 20 or 30 slide portfolio, I wouldn't put that in a slider. I would break it into case studies or client sections. Colette asks, how often should you do major updates to your website? Google knows when a website has been updated. So one of the really great reasons why people do blogs Even if you're posting your blog or your article on LinkedIn or Medium, you should also post it on the blog portion of your website. Why? Because Google recognizes when sites are being updated. Every time Google cruises the net and takes a little snapshot of your site, it recognizes whether your site is cold or whether it's warm. If it gets updated multiple times a day or if it hasn't been updated in three months. And it will prioritize or deprioritize sites based on how often they are updated. So if you are blogging, post that article on your blog. Sometimes if you're, you know, you got a new piece, did a new client piece, don't wait till you have three new case studies to like go through the motions and post them all. Do them as soon as you get them and update that site often. Okay, because Google will raise you up a tad in search, the more active your site is. The more you let it go dormant, the more Google thinks that it's abandoned. But then in terms of how often should you do a major you know, update on your website, I think really when it comes down to it, when it starts to look dated or when you're bored with it, you know, and to be honest with you, I'm starting to get bored with my website. It is, I've been adding, adding, adding pages and depth and all sorts of content to it. It's now a pretty deep site, but its aesthetics are starting to wear on me. And so, but it's been a number of years since I really kind of did any major overhaul on how it looks. So 
I'm not a huge fan of like spending tons of time and energy redesigning your site in a major way every six months. It just, it's a waste of time unless, and this is the unless, unless you get like an insane amount of traffic or an insane amount of non-unique traffic. And you can also see that in Google Analytics. How much of your traffic is not unique, meaning how many of your, how much of your traffic are returning visitors? If you have a lot of returning visitors on your website, might want to think about updating your site more often because that means that when people come to your site, they're going to go, oh, nothing new here. And they say, Colette's not a mover and shaker. Colette's got nothing going on. Her site's mothballed. I'm a big believer in, in making sure that you're keeping your thumb on your analytics. And if there's one thing that I think creative professionals fall down on a lot is that they don't really look at their analytics on their own websites and try to learn from them. One of the most illuminating things that you can possibly do on your website is go and look at the origination of traffic and also the the traffic journey on your website. What pages do they land on? Where do they go from those pages? You can see that on Google Analytics as a flowchart. It's very cool. It's also, in some cases, really distressing (laughs) when you see what the reality is of what people are doing. And when you do see that, it will hit you like a ton of bricks about how important it is to get people to land on the right page and that you got to make that page work really hard for you. Take care. So from what I shared with you in this live stream, you can tell that I'm super passionate about the power of mastermind communities. And that's because Participating in masterminds helped me break through to a whole new level of professional accomplishment at a really critical, pivotal time in my career. And masterminds also helped me build deep, meaningful network relationships and gave me the motivation and the accountability to build the personal brand and the business that I have today. So I really want to share that power with you too. So if you're interested in finding out more about it, just go to philipvandusen.com bonfire Again, it's philipvandusen.com slash bonfire, B-O-N-F-I-R-E. And I hope to see you beside the bonfire. If you'd like to help support the Brand Design Masters podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you want to stay up to date on all our content, products, courses, and live video shows, head over to philipvandusen.com slash muse and sign up for the Brand Muse newsletter. That's where we share all the latest news, resources, articles, books, and videos that we recommend to help you build and improve your creative practice, personal brand, and business. That's philipvandusen.com slash muse, M-U-S-E. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.